0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets, so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment, where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week. So, as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 80. And as mentioned previously, to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I'm in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis. And this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets and, in particular, how economic data influences asset prices. A quick progress update, we are now working on the illustrations and pictures to make the book more enjoyable to read and at the same time we'll start talking to various publishers to ascertain the terms and conditions as well as the quality of their work. It's taking a bit longer than I had initially anticipated but I will continue to keep you posted on the progress and now to this week's podcast where we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 44th week of 2023 and that is from Monday the 30th of October to Friday the 3rd of November and without further ado this is your host Huri, and together let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States, where on Wednesday, the Federal Reserve once again decided to hold its benchmark interest rate steady against a backdrop of a growing economy, a robust labor market, and inflation that is still hovering well above the central bank's target rate of 2%. In a widely expected move, the Federal Open Market Committee, which is a Fed's rate-setting committee, unanimously agreed to hold the federal funds rate in a target range of between 5.25% to 5.5%. This was a second consecutive meeting where the Fed opted to hold interest rates following a previous run. Of 11 consecutive rate hikes. The Fed chairman noted that the process of getting inflation sustainably down to 2% has a long way to go and emphasized that the central bank had not made any decisions for its December policy meeting. Staying in the United States, the economy experienced a weaker-than-expected labor market in the month of October, confirming a slowdown in the economy and taking some heat off the Federal Reserve's fight against inflation. On Friday, the U.S. Labor Department reported that non-farm payrolls increased by 150,000 new jobs in October vis-a-vis consensus focused for an increase of 170,000 new jobs. On the back of this data, the employment rate rose to 3.9%, which was the highest level since January 2022 and was a tad bit higher than market expectations of 3.8%. Meanwhile, the labor force participation rate declined slightly to 62.7 percent. And across the Atlantic, according to preliminary data that was released on Tuesday, inflation across the eurozone dropped to a two-year low of 2.9 percent in the month of October, and this was down from 4.3 percent in September, and was also below a consensus estimate of 3.1 percent. According to Eurostat, which is the European Union statistics agency, core inflation, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, this dropped to an annualized rate of 4.2 percent in October, down from 4.5 percent in September. The agency also revealed that the eurozone economy contracted by 0.1% in the third quarter. The eurozone has been grappling with high inflation for the past 18 months, with the consumer price index peaking at 10.6% in October 2022. Consequently, the European Central Bank responded with a run of 10 consecutive interest rate hikes that has taken its benchmark rate to a record high of 4%. And in the United Kingdom, on a Thursday, the Bank of England decided to leave interest rates unchanged but said that monetary policy will likely stay tight for an extended period of time. The monetary policy committee voted 6 to 3 in favor of keeping the main bank rate at 5.25%, with the opposing members preferring another 25 basis point rate hike. The markets had already priced in a second consecutive hold after the Bank of England ended its 14 consecutive rate hikes in September. The committee's latest projections indicate that monetary policy is likely to remain restrictive for an extended period of time. Despite the fact that inflation has weakened to 6.7%, it still remains well above the Bank of England's target rate of 2%. And in the U.S. stock market, stocks rose across the board on Friday. After a softer than expected jobs report drove bond yields lower, as the major stock indices registered their best week so far in 2023. As mentioned earlier, the October jobs report came in weaker than expected, indicating that the Fed's aggressive rate hikes to slow down inflation could actually be working. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained by 222 points. To close the session at thirty-four thousand and sixty-one, whilst the S&P 500 rose by zero point nine four percent to settle at four thousand three hundred and fifty-eight, and the Nasdaq composite jumped up by one point three eight percent to end the day at thirteen thousand four hundred and seventy-eight. Equities recorded sizable weekly gains, with the Dow rising by just over 5% for its best week since October 2022, whilst the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq gained by 5.8% and 6.6% respectively for the best week for both indices since November 2022. In the U.S. bond market, U.S. Treasury yields pulled back on Friday after the October employment report came in cooler than expected. The cooling jobs market is an indication that the Fed's monetary policy is having the desired effect, suggesting to investors that the Fed could be done with its rate hiking cycle. Consequently, the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note slid by more than 13 basis points to 4.84%, whilst the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond was down by nine basis points to 4.57%, coming off recent highs that had seen it briefly trade above the 5% mark. And in related news, on Wednesday, the U.S. Treasury Department announced plans to increase the size of its bond auctions as it looks to accommodate its ever increasing debt load, which is further exacerbated by rising interest rates, with Treasury yields at their highest level since 2007. In this regard, the U.S. Treasury is looking to auction bonds worth $112 billion this coming week. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil dropped by more than 2% on Friday, driven by geopolitical tensions in the Middle East, as well as a weaker-than-expected U.S. jobs report, which indicates a slowdown in the world's largest oil consumer. In the meantime, the leader of the Hezbollah, which is a Lebanese political party, warned on Friday that the conflict between Israel and Palestine could spread to the wider Middle East region. In response to these factors, we saw the price of Brent crude decline by 2.3% to $84.89 a barrel, whilst the price of the U.S. benchmark, West Texas Intermediate Crude, This fell by 2.4% to $80.51 a barrel. For the week, both benchmarks were down by more than 6%. Meanwhile, the price of Marban oil, which Kenya imports, declined to $87.24 per barrel. This was down from $90.23 the previous week. In the precious metals market, on Friday the price of gold rose as both the U.S. dollar and treasury yields slipped after a weaker-than-expected jobs report, which cemented expectations that the Federal Reserve was done raising interest rates. Traders are now pricing in a 95% chance that the Fed will leave interest rates unchanged at its next policy meeting in December. The price of gold was lifted by a decline in the dollar index, which fell by about 1%, as well as a dip in the 10-year treasury yield, which reduces the opportunity cost of holding the non-yielding asset, that is gold. After hitting a session high of $2,003, the price of spot gold settled at $1,000. $994 per ounce. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets and we start by looking at the cost of living in the country where headline inflation remained stable in the month of October, mainly supported by easing food prices. The overall rate of inflation was measured at 6.9% in October, compared to 6.8% in September. Food inflation declined marginally to 7.8%, supported by declining prices of fresh vegetables. However, fuel inflation increased to 14.8% in October, driven by higher petrol prices and finally core inflation that is the non-food non-fuel component that declined to 3.6 percent in october reflecting muted demand pressures in the domestic economy in the domestic foreign exchange market the shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies but remained relatively stable versus the regional currencies. And according to data obtained from the central bank website, the official exchange rate for the U.S. dollar was quoted at 150.86, compared to 150.27 the previous week. However, in the interbank market, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 156 shillings on the lower side, to above 160 shillings on the higher side. A random survey of commercial banks revealed the lowest quote was by Stanby Bank at 156.55, and the highest quote was by Bank of Africa at 159.95. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 182.73, And the euro was valued at 158.88. And on the regional front, one Kenyan shilling was changing hands for 25.09 Ugandan shillings and 16.56 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.13. The current trend suggests the Kenyan shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future And this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt, which now stands at above 70% of our gross domestic product and consumes about 65% of total revenue collections. And what that means is that for every one shilling that Kenya Revenue Authority collects, 65 cents will go towards debt repayment. On foreign exchange reserves, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves declined marginally by $22 million to $6.81 billion, which is equivalent to 3.66 months of import cover. This level of reserves is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. And in spite of recent funding received from both the World Bank and the IMF, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under intense pressure, and this is mainly due to the increased cost of servicing our external debt obligations, which has pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market remained tight during the past week as tax remittances to the government exceeded and more than offset government payments into the market. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement declined from 19.8 billion shillings the previous week to 17.8 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate dipped from 12.51% the previous week to 12.18%. During the past week, the average value that was traded in the interbank market decreased to 13.5 billion shillings and this was down from 14.5 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 2nd of November, and the central bank received bids totalling 24.6 billion shillings, against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of 102.8%. However, the central bank ended up accepting only 23.7 billion shillings. Interest rates on all the three tenors increased marginally as the bulk of the bids, totalling about 21.5 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate increased by 7.5 basis points to average out at 15.18%, whilst the 182-day rate rose by 14 basis points to level off at 15.27%, and the 364-day rate inched up by 5.2 basis points to settle at 15.43%. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01%, and therefore 100 basis points is equal to one percentage point. Please note that as interest rates continue to rise, investors remain focused at the short end of the yield curve where they can easily reinvest their funds at a higher rate every 91 days. And just by way of a reminder, in the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya has published the prospectus for its November bond issue and is looking to issue an amortized infrastructure bond with a duration of 6.5 years. The central bank is looking to raise 50 billion shillings through the sale of this bond which is now open for sale until Wednesday the 8th of November and the value date for this bond is Monday the 13th of November. As is the norm with infrastructure bonds, we expect it to be heavily oversubscribed, and at the same time, we expect investors to continue pushing for higher interest rates as they seek to protect their investments from a depreciating Kenya shilling. You will note that over the past one year, the shilling has depreciated more than 20% versus the U.S. dollar, and given that the dollar interest rates are now hovering around 5%, This implies that the break-even rate for the Kenyan shilling should now be at least 25%. In the secondary bond market, the turnover in the domestic secondary market increased marginally by just 2.6% during the past week and in the international markets the yields on Kenya's eurobonds declined by an average of 89 basis points with the 10-year eurobond that matures in June 2024 declining the most by 110 basis points from 14.9% to 13.8% And up next is our topical issue for this week. And this week, we are looking at the latest developments in the government-to-government oil deal. Our neighboring country, Uganda, has threatened to stop procuring its oil imports through Kenya after it was excluded from the government-to-government deal, which in turn has exposed its citizens to higher fuel prices. You may recall that in March this year, Kenya entered into a government-to-government deal with the national oil companies of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. This deal allowed for the importation of fuel oil on a six-month credit basis with the hope of easing demand for U.S. dollars in the domestic foreign exchange market. However, it appears that Uganda was not consulted on this particular transaction and has therefore opted to negotiate its own deal and import its fuel oil directly from the producing countries using its own national oil company as a sole importer. If Uganda proceeds with this plan, that means that Kenyan oil marketing companies will no longer be allowed to export fuel oil into Uganda. This potential fallout is set to further strain the relationship between the two countries and also threatens to significantly reduce the inflows of the much-needed U.S. dollars into the domestic foreign exchange market. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color podcast. I hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. I really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as Amazon Music. The Market Color Podcast is now also available on the WhatsApp channel. Please consider subscribing so that you can be notified every time I publish a new episode. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U you, once again thank you for your continued support i look forward to interacting with you again next week and in the meantime please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead and remember your talent is god's gift to you and what you do with your talent is your gift to god think about it thank you and god bless